Mentor My Mix is made possible by PureMind Music and Audio Production Institute. Evolve your sound with expert trainers and up-to-date courses designed to fit the needs of emerging artists and producers. Go to PureMind.com for details about the San Francisco campus and online programs. Hey, welcome everybody. Welcome back to the Mentor My Mix podcast. Today, I've got as my guest, Sheridan Carter. Now, you may be wondering to yourself, well, who's Sheridan Carter? Or why do you have a 22-year-old on a mentoring podcast? And you know, well, there's definitely some reasons here. One for certain is just the caliber of the tracks that we're going to listen to today, the quality of the music. And if you're like me at all, you're a lifelong learner. And I'm always learning. And it's not about age. It's not about, you know, where you're learning it from. It's about learning from other people's success. That's a lot about what the Mentor My Mix podcast is about. It's shining a light on success stories of artists, producers in the industry, people coming up, people who've been doing it. This is a young artist who's definitely coming up. How's it going, Sheridan? Pretty good, pretty good. It's good to be here. Yeah, Thanks man. for having me. Yeah, for sure. It's good to have you here. So uh, we're listening to a brand new track of yours, aren't we? Is this called Toes Done? Yes, Toes Done. This came out on December 3rd. I've been trying to kind of push it since then. It's my first single I've released since my last project. Uh-huh. And so I'm, I'm really excited about, you know, the reception so far and hopefully getting a music video out here pretty soon. Yeah, this is a dope track, man. Thank you. So tell us just a little bit, a little background behind this track. How'd this come about? Um, so I work with an artist, Jake Daniels, who he's another kind of pop artist but he also produces he's actually the sole producer uh, on this project that I'm working on this is the first single that I've released with him but he's also produced a couple of my tracks on my last project Mm -hmm. how'd you meet him so he's from upstate New York. He's from Canandaigua, yeah, which is a couple hours north of me. But well, you grew up over there, yeah, in, in upstate yeah. New York area, right? Yeah, I, you I were born in, born in Boulder, Colorado. Yeah, right? born, born in Boulder, Colorado. Uh-huh. Uh, I lived there for about a year. We moved to Arlington, Virginia, for about two years, where my sister was born, and then we moved back to upstate New York. And I say back because that's where like my family is from. Yeah, yeah. Originally, like uh-huh. my dad's side of the family, my mom's side of the family both from Cortland Homer area they ended up meeting there and then going off to Colorado that's mm-hmm. how I happened mm-hmm. um, so you went to yeah. high school up in New York yeah uh, yeah yeah high school mm-hmm. uh, you know elementary school you know uh-huh, the whole deal whole, so you whole didn't spend deal. a whole lot of time in Colorado no no I, I have like a my my affinity with Colorado is that I like their sports teams that's what I decided right. is my All like right. what my attachment to Colorado I'm a big nuggets fan big Broncos yeah. fan so we got a little feel there for uh, Toes done. Yeah. Uh huh. So we were talking about the producer you work. Yeah, with. Jake. Jake. Uh-huh. Um. So I met him through basically. I actually was doing a podcast myself with a blog from Upstate called Upstate Aesthetic. Mm-hmm. We did a podcast called The Cipher when the pandemic started. And it was basically to promote other upstate artists, try to find new music, and kind of create a community. Um, it went really well. We went on for like you know sixty, seventy weeks. Wow! And during that's amazing. yeah, during that uh, time, we came across Jake. He is a. I think he actually just hit ten million Spotify plays in total okay. uh, yesterday. Uh-huh. He's like a heavyweight from the area for sure. Uh-huh. Um, and he's kind of been working with me on kind of upping the level of my music, making it more commercial. The quality was there, I think, even beforehand. But working with Jake, I've really 
been able to bring the music into more of like a, not even in a genre sense, but more in like a cultural sense, a pop uh, sphere. Because mm -hmm. um, I was making pop music before, but now this, the music that I've been making lately, I feel like can sit within, you know, top 40 realm of music. Whereas before it was a little bit more stripped back, a little bit more, I don't want to say that it's it was more unique. It was just more stripped down and didn't have as much, like there wasn't as much thought into, you know, mm -hmm. the production, what, what we're trying to get across. Mm -hmm. I think working with Jake, I found a whole new level. Mm -hmm. And I think he is also really excited to be working with me because there aren't a lot of vocalists who are, you know, like-minded like he and I are. Uh, we like a lot of the same music. His style is a little bit different than mine, but then when we mesh as vocalist and as he, he is the producer, uh, it actually does mesh mesh really well. Yeah. Was he involved in uh, the producing of your first LP? He was not at all. Yeah. Cause I, I definitely hear a difference with this track. Yeah. And it's interesting because like on the first LP, I hear like some Drake in there. Mm -hmm. I hear some real hip hop influence. Yeah. Now all of a sudden there's something else going on here, huh? Yeah. Uh, who's influencing that aside from your producer? Are there artists out there that you're being influenced by that are kind of helping guide you with this? Absolutely. Um, I would say Mac Miller is like my favorite artist mm, ever. Yeah. Uh -huh. That's like probably, I would say he's my biggest influence. Uh -huh. um, but you know, lately I've gotten into a lot of pop music, I'll be honest. Um, the new weekend music has been really good. Yeah. Um, I loved, you know, After Hours and the, you know, the album he just released on FM, I think is really incredible too. Mm -hmm. But also just like, you know, I, if I go back to, you know, my biggest influences, I think of, you know, Kanye, not necessarily something you hear as much, but it's definitely going into the writing process. It's going into the production process. And then, I mean, there's Remy Wolf is a recent artist that I've been into. She's kind of doing like a psychedelic pop mm -hmm. type of sound lately. Mm -hmm. There are just so many people. I'm, I'm the type of person that like listens to everything. Mm -hmm. You know, Apple Music every Friday does New Music Fridays. The browse page is updated with all the new albums. And I make it my job to go and listen to every album that mm. comes onto the browse page, whether mm -hmm. it's, you know, pop, rock, mm -hmm. metal, mm -hmm. uh, classical, jazz. Mm -hmm. It doesn't really matter. If mm -hmm. I have time, I'm going to try to go listen to it. Mm -hmm. uh, all the new singles, everything like that. I think that's huge because, you know, that really says a lot, not just about the importance of understanding the diversity of what's happening out there in music right now but it says a lot about you and your desire to absorb this and become one with pop culture right yeah because if you if you're going to be out there representing pop culture educating yourself and certainly understanding the playing field is, is yeah. step number one right yeah i mean even even artists that i know i'm not really a fan of mm -hmm. when they drop a new project i might as well you know mm -hmm. go listen to it listen to it once mm -hmm. it's not it's not gonna hurt me it's, you know no sure and you never know what it could surprise you yeah and right? I, I found artists that i've heard you know three to ten songs from and i never have liked them and then i go and listen to a new album from them and i fall in love mm -hmm. and sometimes that's just how it works because especially for me i'm a fan of artists who like kind of progress i obviously you know there are artists who they find something they find a sound or they find you know a niche and they live in that for their whole career and it works. Mm -hmm. And you know, there are some artists who do it so well that I don't care and I still just love them. But like my favorite artists are artists who from album to album, you can hear, you know, kind of an evolution. That's why I'm a big Kanye fan. So I'm a big Radiohead fan, a big Bowie fan. Those are artists who, you know, you go and listen to their first album 
and then you go listen to the album, the most recent album they just yeah, released, yeah. Uh-huh. it's like totally different artists, oh, yeah. totally different bands. Yeah. And so that's kind of what I want to be able to do with my music, even in a more broad sense where my, my music, you know, even you just go listen to one album and you go listen to one song and it's going to sound completely different from another song, but somehow they're still going to be able to tie in together. Yeah, that's huge. And I think that speaks a lot to the kind of artist that you are and the fact that obviously you're a rapper at heart. Mm-hmm. I think that's something that you hold near and dear and that's evidence in your music, but you're also a singer, Yeah, right? And you've got versatility, you've got some chops as a vocalist. Um, but I think at the core of that, you're a lyricist, right? Yeah. And where did that come from? How do you think that came about? What made you take pen to paper and say, I want to tell stories? Because your first EP release is called On Myself, Yeah. right? So tell us a little bit about the inspiration behind that. So... I guess I go all the way back. My mom was a writer. She was an English teacher. Mm-hmm. And growing up, I didn't really have a choice. I was writing all the time. Mm-hmm. When it came to, you know, essays, she was next to me making sure that I knew my, down to knowing my grammar well enough, knowing yeah. spelling, all that. And it tied into, I was at a Catholic school growing up. We went to church, not really as a family, but as a school, we would go to church and I would sing all the time so it's amazing how many powerful singers have started their careers in church yeah 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 i mean i fell in love with the music there and i never really considered how i would tie in like my you know partly i was lucky that i had a mom who was you know helping me with my writing but i also just genetics she was a great writer she had a mind that was wired Mm -hmm. to be a writer Mm -hmm. i'm a writer you know i'm on even if i'm on social media and i see you know a post and i'm like it's making my brain move yeah i'll write a whole i'll write a whole essay about it Uh it's like about like the most random dumb things but like it's just what i am i write things out it's how i think through things Uh so do you have journals you keep notebooks i mean i mostly do and it sounds corny but i mostly use my phone but it's because I'm so afraid of losing what I write. Oh, uh-huh. I I really. So, are you doing voice memos? Are you... I do a lot of voice memos, but uh-huh. I also do a lot of just writing into the notes on my phone oh, because yeah. I know that they're all kept in the cloud. I know uh-huh. I can access them on my computer. I can sure. access them on another device. Uh-huh. I'm so afraid. I do write pen to pad for sure, uh-huh. but I always end up you know rewriting it into my notes because uh-huh. I just don't. I mean, when I first moved to San Francisco, uh-huh. I had my car broken into, and like all of my stuff was stolen. Oh, so you, like you and probably just about yeah. everybody else. I mean, that's just a travesty that yeah. this city is like that. Man. It's it's terrible. I mean, yeah. I didn't. I knew kind of, but I didn't really know. It was the first week I got here. I hadn't even moved into my apartment yet. Mm-hmm. Car was in a parking garage. Broke into it. Stole all my music equipment. Like half of all my clothes. A bunch of like sentimental things my mom had given me. It was like, it's it sucked. Man. I got my money. I know back. the feeling happened to me too, man. Happened I got my too. money back with insurance, but the you know sentimental stuff you can't you can't replace that. And so certainly not the, the notebooks. No, that's the thing, and that that's the that's my point. Is yeah, exactly. You can't you can't replace that. So uh-huh. I always am like, people are like, oh, so do you write in like this cool you know notebook or this cool pad? Uh-huh. And I'm like, uh, no, just my iPhone. Just <laughs> like, my sorry. cool iPhone. Uh-huh. Yeah, sorry. Like uh-huh. yeah, I don't want to lose that. And uh-huh. I have so much respect for people who do you know always yeah. just go pen to pad. Yeah, I'm just too scared. Yeah. So your mom was a big influence, huh? And she inspired you as a writer and whatnot. But um, she passed away pretty early yeah. in your life. 
Yeah, 2019, uh-huh. uh, August 2019, right at the beginning of the month. Yeah, uh, her actually her birthday month. Wow. Um, that's actually that month I had been traveling back and forth to the hospital every day. Yeah. She, we kind of knew how sick she was for um, a while. Yeah, yeah. I'm um, so sorry. So uh-huh. my dad stayed at the hospital. I was going back and forth every day. Um, I was making music at this point with Cosmo, aka Wilder, uh-huh. for over a year. Mm-hmm. Um, we had taken a trip to Miami together. We'd been pretty in deep with the music for sure. Obviously, I took quite a bit of time off while I was literally like every day driving from Cortland to Syracuse Hospital, which obviously for people who don't know that commute it's about a 45 minute commute mm-hmm. well there and then 45 back yeah, yeah. so that was pretty taxing um and then kind of as soon as that you know as soon as she passed away and we got through all the services and everything i went right back to writing in a whole new kind of light and with my first project which released in mid i want to say mid december 2019 that Consisted of five songs um, I had recorded before. This is the On Myself project. No, this is the this, this is, is the uh, Sheridan Carter Crane project. Oh, sorry, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. And so five of those songs were songs I had recorded beforehand. All of like them had been songs that my mom had liked. A couple of her favorites, and then the next five, and not like in order, but all kind of scattered throughout the project. The other five were songs that I wrote after she had passed away. Obviously, songs like I Miss You, Mom, um, songs like Favorite Girl. I did those five songs afterwards, and I felt like the whole thing was kind of driven and influenced by my mom because I look at songs like Lay Away, which was the intro track, which you know has no bearing over what happened with my mom or anything like that, but she just loved that song. Mm-hmm. She was really into like workout music and like stuff that would get her hyped up. So like layaway was a cool one because it did that, but it also I also sing on that song. So it's like she was really into that. But then I think about the songs that I wrote after, and I'm like, these are songs that she also would have really loved, and they're about her. So it's just like mm-hmm. it was perfect. Mm-hmm. Um, but even up to as you were referencing before, the On Myself project, she's a theme throughout a whole lot of that project, mm-hmm. especially you know getting back to the closing track, the album title track, On Myself. That whole thing is about kind of my dealing with the grief, not right after, but, you know, six to six months to a year after, you know, I lost my mom, what I'm going through, these different things that I'm struggling with. And that's kind of what the project, you know, is about is, you know, how I'm coping with things, but also just like taking accountability because, yes, I'm going through a lot, but a lot of people are going through a lot. Mm -hmm. And I also have to, you know, it's it's on me. Mm-hmm. You know, that's what that's kind of what I what I'm trying to get across. It's on myself. I'm working on myself. Mm-hmm. I'm trying to do better for myself, but also I'm trying to do better because you know that's just that's just what we should do as people. As try. people in general, yeah. right? That's a strong message. Yeah, that's really cool. And so the inspiration that your mom has left you as a writer, how has that translated into you as as a producer? Because I know you're a producer in your own right, too. Mm-hmm. You like to make your own beats. Mm-hmm. And I think that's perhaps in large part why you might have come to Pyramind yeah. as well, because you were formerly and continue to study at Pyramind, as I understand. Yes, it, right? yes. So how has that impacted you musically at this point? Because you're, you're collaborating. Obviously, you're collaborating with a lot of different people. You're collaborating with other students. Yeah. 
yeah. at Pyramind, I know. Yep. Uh, you and Shrike. Yep. Um, we'll talk about that in just a minute. Really cool I mean, collaboration that, there. Well, the number one reason for me to come to Pyramind or just to leave my small town in general and get somewhere else was to network. Yeah. You know, I, uh-huh. I obviously wanted to come to Pyramind to learn. Yeah. But my number one goal was to network and, you know, sure. meet new people and work with new artists. But my mom... She was actually the one who encouraged and pushed me to check out Pyramid. Oh, interesting. Um, okay. I was looking in, you know, in other directions. Uh, I was taking online classes, other places. But my mom was like, you know, you're really going to love San Francisco. I had never been to San Francisco before. Uh-huh. And she did a lot of extensive research about programs that I was checking out as Pyramind as well. And she was really convinced that Pyramind was going to be the place for me. Wow, I wish I could have met your mom. She yeah, sounds no, amazing. She, uh, <laughs> yeah, no, she really was like, she was convinced. She's, uh-huh. She loved she loved the uh-huh. Bay Area. She hadn't been in a couple of years, but uh-huh. from from her experience, she loved the Bay Area. Yeah, yeah. Um, and she was the type of person, you know, she she had cancer twice, oh, so wow. obviously she passed away from cancer uh-huh. um, the second time she got it. But the first time she got cancer, she basically became like a doctor, not actually, but oh, like yeah. all she did was research, research, research. Yeah. Uh-huh. So anytime any of us had you know a situation where we needed research to be done, uh-huh. she was on it, and yeah. so she was like, "Pure Mind is the place to go uh-huh. over all these other places," and you're gonna love it in san francisco yeah so that's why i ended up here uh-huh. um Interesting. and you know that kind of influenced me into also wanting to produce my own music at this point i don't have any music like released that i produced myself mm-hmm. just because i'm not comfortable with where i am yet as uh-huh. a producer but uh-huh. i'm getting there yeah. i'm getting to the point where yeah. maybe not on the next project but the project after yeah, yeah. i'm gonna have a song or two that i produced myself so i just want to take a moment to acknowledge that because it's really awesome that you see the bigger picture the long arc the importance mm-hmm. of the collaborations and the people you work with and how that elevates your career yeah right and and i'm taking a moment to acknowledge that because for everyone listening i think that's like a huge thing if you were to point at any one of these dynamic relationships or choices that you've made coming up which one would you say has had the most influence in advancing your career at this point? Just to be honest, mm-hmm. most recently, this collaboration with Shrike. Yeah. I mean, okay, cool. um, in terms of, you know, my peer mind relationships, there's been a lot of, you know, networking opportunities I've had. There have been a lot of like positions I've been in that were about to be huge positions. COVID kind of, I won't say ruined, but, uh, it's messed with messed with messed with some yeah. stuff that I yeah. had going uh-huh. um some people that I was going to be working with uh-huh. some pretty big things that I was excited for I'm not ready to like say that those are done yet or not going to happen it's just with covid they've been delayed or like we said messed with yeah but you know this opportunity with shrike you know his name's colin we were in class together he was talking to steve our teacher about potentially getting a track licensed for a video game and i'm listening i'm just like oh this is pretty interesting this is pretty cool and then he mentions that he had a copyrighted vocal used on it and he was going to have to replace he was going to have to replace it and you know i'm the type of person where as soon as i heard that i look over and i know he's a dubstep producer i've never made dubstep before but i don't care yeah you know it's an opportunity i know i'm the the only vocalist in the class and so i immediately offer myself up steve encourages the you know the collaboration and then they kind of just keep you know chatting it away amongst themselves i'm like hey guys like what game are we talking about here (laughs) and colin's like oh uh you know nba 2k i'm like yeah 
I, I know NBA 2K. Are you kidding me? Uh-huh. Uh, of course. Uh-huh. Now I'm like, you know, I was down before. Now I'm like 100% down. Uh-huh. Um, you know, it kind of happened like that. Within two days, we were in the studios here, uh-huh. uh, you know, tracking vocals. And yeah. then within the next week, we were sending it into, you know, visual yeah. concepts. And that's all she wrote. Now, now it's in the game. Now and it's in the game. And you guys released it as a single. Yes. And we're going to be putting it out on uh, this next up and coming pure mind game music compilation that we're yeah, putting out yeah, i'm super excited for that so it's going to be in good company with a lot of great other tracks and we're super excited to have it on there it's, it's, yeah. a, it's a really cool track yeah it's a, mm-hmm. it's a really cool opportunity mm-hmm. and it's like because especially for me i'm someone who's grown up playing you know basketball is my favorite sport yeah. i played basketball in high school i yeah, played yeah. in college for a short time 2k i've played my entire life my friends have played 2k their entire lives so when i went like and visited home I'm kind of like, I'm definitely far from this status, but I'm treated almost as a celebrity because they're like, oh my gosh, like you're in 2K. Like I, I went to a restaurant uh, that I frequent when I'm home called The Squeeze, shout out to The Squeeze. And they played my track when I came in off of, they had like their Xbox connected to the TV in there and they played the track through 2K. And that How was good just like, that, a, feel, huh? that was like a surreal moment for sure. Cause uh-huh. I didn't even like. Even after we signed the contracts and everything, I didn't believe the track was actually going to be in there until I actually heard it. That's how, It was just a really surreal, surreal moment. And it still is. I mean, the track's doing numbers, I'll say that. Yeah, it's getting a lot of great plays. You know, when Colin came to me and, and told me about the possibility of doing this, you know, we talked quite a bit about it. It was cool to hear the original. Mm-hmm to hear where it finally ended up and then to help him, you know, also on the business side yeah, to help negotiate the agreement between you and he, as well as the agreement with 2K games, you know? And so that's important to understand that behind every collaboration like this, there's always business negotiations. There's always, so, you know, having good representation and making it right, Mm -hmm. you know? And this was a lot behind the scenes too, like, There were so many contracts we had to sign, licensing, a lot of different things we had to do, splits. Mm -hmm. Um, And it usually doesn't, I mean, in my experience, it usually doesn't happen this fast unless it's like something big. You know, well, and they, you know, the game was coming out. Yeah. They heard the track. They were like, we they want it. it. Yeah. They were like, we you want know, it. Send it to yeah. us now. And I've never had, you know, an experience like that where it's usually I'm like, oh, can we get this moving faster? And in this case, I'm like, oh my gosh, I got to keep up. And we did. Yeah. And yeah. We, yeah. Well, know? and Colin, I got to say, Colin really had his finger on the pulse. Mm-hmm. The sound that he produced in that track. Yeah. It was dubstep. But it was orchestral. Yeah. It was hip hop. Yeah. Right. It was all those things together. And you hear that a lot in video games now, you know, that amalgamation of genres and styles yeah. that creates something that's bigger than itself. Yeah. And well, and I think that's really the future of music in general. Mm-hmm. Like mm-hmm. right now, I mean, I think just think of 2022. I think a lot of the biggest and best albums we're going to hear our hip hop mixed with R&B mixed with electronic music yeah. all together all together um, yeah. yeah and that's where the sound of music is moving i yeah. really think that's you know what what it is even 2021 mm-hmm. you listen to at least in my opinion some of the best albums yeah. are that type of fusion yeah and that's you know that's why studying the apple top 100 or whatever it yep. is that you're listening to obviously pays off listen know? to more music that's like oh, the yeah. biggest advice i have is uh-huh. listen to more music even if you don't think you're gonna like it uh-huh. even if you think that there's only like this one little genre or a couple of genres that you're into check some other stuff out especially if you're a musician and mm. you're trying to make your own music mm-hmm. you gotta have points of reference and other 
sounds to to draw from even if you're never going to make that type of music yeah. you probably won't you're never going to make country music okay mm -hmm. that's fine but maybe there's something in there that you can integrate into your music i know this is just like one of the most prime examples but think of old town road oh my that's God, like yeah. uh -huh. you know integrating country right. into yeah. hip-hop a yeah. perfect example and uh -huh. it's you know one of the biggest hits ever period yeah i i just think you know love it or hate it you know yeah well why is it a big hit i mean you're combining massive audiences right mm -hmm. and this is all about appeal yeah and how do you draw in those big numbers yep. you cross pollinate those audiences and you're going to have a big hit yeah and that was evidence for sure in old town road yep and then too you know i i like to reference this i once saw sting being interviewed yeah and he said you know i listen to a lot of music and there's no doubt that the most successful and best artists are the best thieves you know, and he didn't mean like I'm plagiarizing or I'm stealing or I'm sampling. He just meant influence. Yeah. Right. Take a little from this and a little from that. Well, you know, and, and I think that's like a key word is the best thieves, uh -huh. you know, not the most frequent thieves, yes. the ones who, who take things uh -huh. from their influences and know how to make it their own yeah. and put out their own version of that influence mixed with their own ideas and maybe even other influences yeah. instead of you know just ripping people off i think that often gets like misconstrued as exactly. people are like yeah. oh well you know thieve or whatever blah, blah blah you're just ripping people off that's all music is anymore blah blah, blah. well that's not true there is, there is that you know yeah. there is that aspect of music for sure and you know take it or leave it but then there's also lots of people who are, you know, working off of their influences, which that's always been happening. But then there's also people, you know, integrating samples and using things like that. Yeah, it can be done in a lazy way, but if you do it the right way, it can be one of the most beautiful aspects of music is taking a nostalgic classic and then somehow evolving it into like a newer, you know, more modern sound. I think that's just I incredible. Think it's what created the biggest genre of music on the planet now, which is hip hop. Yep. Right. I mean, there's no doubt it's undeniable at this point. Mm -hmm. I don't care what you want to say. But yeah, you can hate hip hop all you want. It's, <laughs> it's what is driving, you know, uh -huh. the mainstream of music right now. So talking about collaborations, because obviously this collaboration with Colin, a.k.a. Shrike, mm -hmm. um, has been huge. And I'm sure there's going to be many more opportunities like that for yourself down the road. But you've also had a really strong business collaboration uh, with Stefan. Yeah. And IDC. Yes. So talk a little bit about that. How'd you meet Stefan and how did that come yeah. about? Well, just to start off, it's been really incredible to work with Stefan. It's been really incredible to work with IDC. IDC um, being Independent Distribution yes, Collective. Yes. Right? I met Stefan just like anybody else at Pure Mind. I had him for music business class. Mm -hmm. um, he, from the first day, was super, super engaging. Mm -hmm. I loved hearing his stories about you know what he had been through because he's definitely a guy who has been around the block he's done so many different things yeah. in mm -hmm. this realm from you know lighting stage setting to producing to you know basically being a manager to just all these different aspects of the music industry that he's been involved in and he's got experience in and by the time you know we got to covid i was ready to you know really have a calculated push for a new project stefan was the first person i contacted because mm -hmm. i hadn't you know i hadn't worked with idc yet mm -hmm. but i knew what they were able to do mm -hmm. uh got connected with them the whole team immediately of like four or five really great guys and you know we just got to push it we got a bunch of cds together we started pushing the publications, radio stations, mm -hmm. um, all these different places. Uh, you know, I had Amoeba 
mm-hmm. and SF selling, you know, the CDs down to Fizzler on the Roof writing about mm-hmm. my stuff. It, it was really cool. And this was all, you know, through working with Stefan and IDC. And it's gotten to the point where I have every, you know, song on the On Myself EP has at least 2,000 plays. A lot of them are at 3,000 reaching 4,000 soon Mm -hmm. just on Spotify. And then, you know, that's not even counting Apple numbers, YouTube numbers. It's been a really successful project so far. I mean, we peaked at number 17 on the iTunes hip hop charts, peaked at 117 on the uh, iTunes all genre charts. It came out even higher though when it first released, right? On the iTunes hip hop charts? Well, so before it released, Uh it was on the pre-order charts and it was like within the first five albums to be shown on the yeah. pre order charge. But I I believe That's huge. maybe I mean, just it, to be able to get that yeah. placement, right? Yeah. It yeah. was like I mean, I was looking at my album next to Gucci Mane. Uh-huh. So like that was like that was a <laughs> that pretty must have felt good. Yeah. Talk about surreal moments. Uh-huh. That was like definitely up there for me. Uh-huh. You know, it's just off a of grassroots, you know, movement with IDC's help. Yeah. It it was really there's no like label backing here. There's no hundred thousand dollar budget behind what we were doing. Right. It was, you know, working with IDC and making connections and figuring out the right strategies to use. I mean, you look at a marketing campaign, you always have to put money into it. I say, you know, whatever money you put into like recording mm-hmm. uh and creating a project, including the music videos, you have to put into marketing it. Mm-hmm. But it doesn't have to be all about the money. If you, you know, put the money in the right places mm-hmm. and you do the right things and you have the right strategies, mm-hmm. you can make that money work a lot farther than you think. Huge point there. I'm just going to put a little exclamation point on that because it's like, yeah, you could try to do it all yourself, right? Yeah. But how hard are you going to spin those wheels to do that? And why not take advantage of all the people who are doing it professionally, mm-hmm. have the contacts, mm-hmm. have the relationships. I mean, how else do you get on the iTunes main page like that next mm-hmm. to Gucci? I mean, it, w- it wouldn't have happened. It wouldn't have happened, right? And so, you know, the same is true. You're doing the same thing with the producers you're working with. And, yeah. I, and I really commend you for that. I think that's huge. Um, and then you guys did something else that was really cool, which was a virtual event. Yeah. Yeah. So talk about that a little bit. Um, I mean, obviously it was in the middle of COVID, right? Yeah. So how else do you promote something? You can't go on tour. Yeah, I, ca- I couldn't go on tour. Uh-huh. I, I actually haven't performed uh, the project a single time yet uh-huh. uh, outside of this virtual event. Uh-huh. We planned it for a couple of weeks with Gabe, uh, who's part of the IDC team. He does great video work. We planned that for a couple of weeks. We came into the IDC studios, spent about 12 hours, I think, you know, all day. It was an all day affair of mm-hmm. from start to finish. We chronologically shot it as you, you know, you watch the video. It was happening as it was shot. Yeah, you can find it up. It's up on YouTube. Yeah. I've got it up on my screen here. Sheridan yeah. Carter on myself EP release virtual yes. event. And it integrated uh, mm-hmm. six of the songs from the On Myself project and then two other songs, one being I Miss You, Mom, mm-hmm. which was the closer off of That's SEC. what confused me originally because yeah. I was watching the video yeah. thinking it was all off of this yeah. EP. Yeah, and yeah. so that that's on the virtual event as well. And then the last song on the virtual event is actually an unreleased track called Wake Up, um, which I'm going to be releasing as a single uh, sometime here in the next couple of months. Wake Up. Yes. Mm. So that's going to be the follow-up to Toes? Yes. Uh So now we do have a couple other tracks. I want to just kind of give a little holler out here. So you've been talking about this track, I Miss You, Mom. Let's listen to this track a little bit. You've told us, obviously, we understand the inspiration. Yeah 
behind this track. So let's listen to it for a second here and then talk a little bit as it's rolling here. You're kind of your 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 kind of writing process yeah. behind it, but then also the production that went into this yeah. and how this came about. Let's check it out here. So this is one I worked on with Cosmo. I think he, he was actually going by Wilder at this point. He's got, he had so many aliases. And he sent me a version of this beat, a much more you know stripped back version, right around when I was already writing another song kind of about my mom, which ended up being Favorite Girl. But this one, I was ready to, you know, if you guys have heard Favorite Girl or go listen to it, Favorite Girl features another artist, Anka, who sings a really beautiful hook. But this one's just for me. This song, I Miss You Mom, is just for me. This was me almost reassuring myself, or not almost, definitely reassuring myself about, you know, my path and, you know, what my mom would want from me. And, you know, that's kind of, you know, she would want me to do what I want. <laughs> that's the thing. She would want me to pursue my dreams and be positive. Try not, you know, just live in negativity all the time and just feel like, you know, I've been wronged or whatever, to just keep trying, keep pushing. Um, and that's kind of where this song was inspired for sure. Wow. Yeah. So the whole beat thing that came from Cosmo, what was the other name he was working Wilder. With? Wilder, right. How did it actually craft itself into a, a fully produced track with him? So how he and I worked for 99% of the music we made together was he would send me beats because he was located in, so he's originally from Cortland, yeah. but grew up in Miami and then and was most recently located in Georgia, about an hour north of Atlanta and Griffin. And he just would send me tracks and I would record over them. I'd send the stems back and he'd, you know, rebuild the beat around what I would add with my vocals and with the mix. And I think, you know, working with Cosmo was really my my ascension like the moment where i went from making like novelty parody soundcloud music was when i met cosmo i had started to make more serious music actually it was really after i left college i had started to make some more serious music but it was still much very much in like kind of the soundcloud realm of things pretty low sound quality um and then i met cosmo through my ex-girlfriend's stepmother uh -huh. uh, actually he was her brother oh um and so she got me in contact with him uh i emailed him some of my music and we got on the phone for like an hour he sent me the beat for a track called phonies which is off my first project it's actually my first single i released under my current alias well my first name sheridan and that's kind of you know where it all started as sheridan you know working with cosmo took my music to another level in terms of quality control you know lyricism melodies working with him as being my mentor uh in a lot of ways really just you know took my music to another level for sure that's awesome now what's taking it to the next level where, where do you see this going at this point because obviously so we played toes done mm -hmm. in the beginning and so it seems to me like this is the next level right this mm -hmm. is the next thing and that's being influenced by obviously a different producer yes that you're working with now so how are you doing the the tracks for this particular album because you got a lot of tracks coming as yes. i understand right yes and how um, those been coming together this is a it's a similar process with jake um i would say the difference with jake is cosmos was a 45 year old man mm -hmm. who you know was never was 
He still is, right? No, he passed away oh, a couple no. months ago. Sorry, yeah. I didn't know that. Yeah. Wow. He he passed away a couple oh. months ago. Uh-huh. Uh suddenly it was really, really sad. Oh my god. Um I mean we had been in contact uh-huh. a little bit, but you know, not a whole lot. So it's just it's tough to uh tough to have lost him when we did because you know, two young kids, uh-huh. great dad, uh-huh. um, great mentor you know he i'll always credit him as you know the guy who really brought my music to the next level and kick-started my career uh-huh um, that must have been pretty crushing for you huh? yeah it was kind of right when you know classes started back up here uh-huh. the first day i walked into class actually i had found out like an hour earlier i mean i spent hours and hours and hours and hours and hours on the phone with this guy we took a trip to miami to shoot music videos together he was you know really an integral part of my music and who i am as an artist yeah yeah wow i'm really sorry man i I had no idea i appreciate it yeah 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 no it's it's not something i guess it's something i'm a little more quiet about just because it's 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 something i haven't totally been able to cope with yet Mm -hmm. it's it's a lot Mm -hmm. it's there's been a lot of you know death in my life recently between Mm -hmm. you know close friends from home Mm -hmm. it's just been a rough couple of years in that in that sense yeah you know i mean it's it's like the blues you know some of the best music in the world comes from some of the most heart-wrenching experiences yeah you know music is emotion you know, and that emotion wells up. And if you can capture that, it's intriguing that that can be magical. Yeah. And that people respond to that. Yeah. The, that raw emotion is real. Yeah. And you I know. think that's, you know, where I kind of have a big three uh, in music. You know, versatility is one of my big things. Um, originality mm-hmm. is, is one of my other big things. But then the third is relatability. Mm-hmm. And that's kind of where I really want people to like be able to hear my music and I want them to be able to feel it because that's something they've experienced. Or if it's not something they experience, they can imagine experiencing it. That's really something that I take pride in attempting at least to capture mm-hmm. is, you know, people's emotions and having them be able to be like, oh, I feel that or oh, I would hate to be in that position or I would love to be in that position or whatever. You know, that's a really important aspect to me. Yeah, that's that's big. So what do you see as being your strategy now for this album and how you're going to how you're going to let it unfold in terms of the public? And I know we've got a date scheduled here next saturday yeah you're going to come in the studio and shoot shoot the music video video for for, toes done for toes done yes that's exciting i'm really excited for that and i'd Uh I'd say that's kind of the start of like really what my motto for this next project is going to be is just take it slow everything has to be calculated Mm -hmm. i want every song if it doesn't have a music video it has to have a visualizer Mm -hmm. and it has to be a cool visualizer like Mm -hmm. it can't just be some stupid little simple thing it's got to be something that's going to keep people's attention and i have to have a full you know marketing campaign for every song no song gets you know lost in the mix i want to do four singles Mm -hmm. i want to have a deluxe version Mm -hmm. i want to there's a lot of aspects that i'm trying to consider i want to make sure the project is in two months before it even releases so that you know all streaming services have time to consider for playlists consider it for whatever i just think in general you know really what my focus is is to be organized and not to rush it and not to be like ah well this is taking too long let's just put it out Mm -hmm. no i want to make sure that i have a plan you know Mm -hmm. facebook ads youtube ads Mm -hmm. um submit to playlists submit hub i don't know if i'm gonna use submit hub but (laughs) they're they're ass they're assholes (laughs) over at submit hub um (laughs) 
Uh, can you imagine the avalanche they must deal with? It's, oh my god! Yeah. Oh my god. Uh, anyway, so yeah, strategy, right? Yeah, it's all Having about strategy. strategy. It's yeah. all about strategy. It's like you know, I can get in contact with marketing agencies. You know, I'm going to work with IDC again. Uh -huh. I'm going to try to get out to radio stations, but then I'm going to, you know, I'm going to look at working with maybe another marketing agency, and mm -hmm. then maybe look at getting a, you know, a booking agent to try to, you know, get performances for the project. Mm -hmm. I think that's really my focus is to t really like make this at this point you know i'm monetizing i'm making money off my music 100 mm -hmm. but i'm not making a living yeah that's really where i right. i want to take this right. is that no matter what i i want to you know make it in this industry i want to be famous I, like that's a lot of people are like oh i want to just do well in music and i'll be famous no i want to be famous mm -hmm. i want to be a prolific artist in history mm -hmm. but the number one thing is I have to be able to, you know, feed myself. So, of course, right. so, uh -huh. you know, yeah. figuring out how to, you got to spend money to make money, you know, yeah, you I'm scared yeah. money don't make money. Uh -huh. So I want to, you know, put, wait, wait, what was that saying? Scared money don't make money. Yeah. Scared I money. Like, I like scared that. Is, I like that. I'm not going to, that's not from me. I stole that quote. Let me just say, <laughs> but, but, uh, uh -huh. scared money don't make money. Uh -huh. And that's just a fact in every aspect of life. You know, yeah. you, you're not going to sit there do, and do nothing yeah. and be able to, you know, make a living. And that's just, you know, we live in capitalism. That's just, that's where Boy, we are. Do we ever, I think <laughs> yeah. that's more evidence than it's ever been. Yeah. Right I mean, now. especially yeah. in this city. Yeah. Um, yeah, this is an expensive town. The Bay is expensive as hell, right? It's so We're expensive. You know, uh -huh. 1600 for a closet. Uh -huh. Uh -huh. Um, <laughs> yeah. not my experience or anything. No. Um, <laughs> well, uh, I, you got a pretty dope pad though. You're, you got a rooftop. No, I have going to shoot, yeah. shoot part of this video on yeah. your rooftop. Right? I have a, I have a really cool, uh -huh. I have a really cool apartment. I'll uh -huh. say that. Yeah. I, I wouldn't say, I wouldn't use the word ideal, uh -huh. but I have a very cool apartment. Uh -huh. I, I like where I live. Uh -huh. It's not a long-term situation, yeah. but it's been perfect for like the last year. You got a studio set up in there. Yeah. Uh -huh. And that's the thing. It's yeah. that, I mean, as much as I love coming into the studio and I love being in the professional studio, my where I live is in my home studio and that's where I feel the most comfortable. And I'm yeah. just like, I can just, you know, do take after take and I can, you know, space bar, record, space bar, record, mm -hmm. delete, whatever. Mm -hmm. right, and right. I'm just like going at it because I'm the type of person who, you know, when I write music, I also record it. So it's like I write the first whatever verse to a song, I'm recording it. And then I'm writing the hook and then I'm recording that. Yeah. And that's kind of my writing process is to be able to like, it's almost like putting pen on paper or setting an outline uh, before you write an essay. That's kind of my process with, you know, writing music is I want to record what I'm doing because that'll help me be like, okay, I can hear what I just, what I'm doing now. Because you never hear it quite right when you're just singing it or rapping it to yourself. Mm -hmm. You have to be able to hear it back. Yeah. Um, at least for me. Mm -hmm. And then when I can hear it back, then I can be like, okay, this is what it needs. This is what I need to add to this next part of the song. Because I'm the type of person where the lyrics don't usually come first. I usually go with the melody first. Mm -hmm. um, so I'm like sitting there like, oh, no, 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 no. Blah, blah blah making noises to a beat and then when i find a melody that i really am drawn to yeah then i'll i'll find the lyrics and then i'll take it to the next section and oh, maybe yeah. the next section i'm going to carry on whatever i was doing mm -hmm. or maybe i'm taking this to a whole different part of the song and that's why i do have times where i'll write entire songs before i record any of it but i would say 70 no i would say 80 percent of the time mm -hmm. i am 
you know, writing and recording both at the same time. Okay. Well, have you seen uh, seen the recent Beatles documentary, The Three? No, I, I can't wait though. I'm oh, a big Beatles wow. fan. I'm you so excited. Gotta see it. I'm so just excited just to see Paul McCartney noodling at the piano and coming up with "Let It Be." Yeah, and just going. That's bum, beautiful. Right. And you know, and go ahead when I and you know, same with Lennon, and they're with all the songs that they came up with in that twenty-eight day period. Yeah, you know, a lot of it was exactly what you're talking about: chord progression, kind of humming it until they got the melody, mm-hmm. and trying to figure out the lyric, and kind yeah. of you know, watching that process come together, and knowing that it's fluid the whole yeah. time. And that's you're, you're experiencing the same thing, and and that's beautiful, man. I, I yeah. think that's it's a process, and you know, I've heard Bono say the same thing with you too. He'll be in the studio and they'll have a a groove going and he'll just be humming and kind of riffing away you know until he locks into a melody yeah and that the lyrics come after well yeah Yeah. because well because i'm sitting there i'm like damn if anyone was listening to me right now they'd be like what is wrong with this guy because i'm just like you know i'm hearing a beat and i'm just like literally just making noises Uh and like there's no words coming out and i'm just you know making noises until i find oh that sounds really cool that's super catchy Uh how can i fit the message and the lyrics into that melody now. Uh-huh. That's just always such a fun thing for me because I never feel like it's like, it never feels like math. It never feels like, oh, this is a really difficult, how do I make this work? It's kind of just like, for me, it feels like placing blocks or place, like it's just like boom, boom, boom. Uh-huh. And, you know, sometimes there are times where I'm really in there and I'm like doing some heady writing and I'm like, Okay, what if I rework this? What if I rework that? But usually my like my best music, it's like mm-hmm. it's just coming to me like that. That sounds like a building blocks yeah. process right yeah. there, right? Riffing off of your on myself uh, virtual event release, I thought maybe we'd play a little bit off of this. Mm-hmm. You were saying there was a, a segment here towards the end. Oh yeah, here you are. So towards the end here, you're up on a cityscape here. Is this your rooftop here? Um, where, no, where that's actually the rooftop of IDC Studios. What? Yeah. Let's check this out. There you are. You can see it up on the screen over there. Oh, yeah. So this is Wake Up, um, uh-huh. unreleased song. It'll be probably my next single that I release. Oh, yeah? Yeah. Right. Um, I just stumbled on the perfect spot there. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's a song I've been sitting on for over a year now. Um, I think it's probably one of my most if not most commercial sounding song mm-hmm. like you know straight top 40 stuff mm-hmm. you know i've been holding on to it wanting to gain some more of a fan base i think you know this 2k track is a good thing because it's going to help kickstart you know the process of my rollout for wake up i think you know wake up is going to be it's going to be my biggest rollout for a single that's not going to be including like a bigger name feature mm-hmm. i'm really going to try to put a lot of you know time money whatever into pushing this song music video too because i do think it has a lot of potential to pop spotify playlists i don't think you know when i say top 40 i don't think it's going to hit the top 40 Mm -hmm. but i think it's on you know in that realm of music and i think if i pitch it to the right places and i get the right ears on it i think it has a chance to blow up a lot bigger than some of my other music as much as good as i think you know some of my other music and maybe even some of my songs i think are quote unquote better i think this is a song that has a lot of potential in terms of you know industry success yeah yeah that's cool so i noticed too in this video and in, i guess i should say throughout this entire virtual event you got a pretty big spliff up in your hand there right 
Yeah. So, so talk about that just because I, I find that interesting, you know, because over the years I've certainly smoked my share and, and yeah. it, I think a lot when I was, when I was younger, I certainly smoked a lot. Yeah. Um, what's your take on that? How does that affect you as an artist and, and how does that affect, you know, your creative process? Well, I'll just start off like this. I'm a big smoker. I don't smoke any, um, tobacco products. I mm -hmm. stay away from the jewel. I don't even smoke blunts. Like mm -hmm. I don't even, I don't smoke backwoods. I don't mm -hmm. smoke cigarettes i don't smoke mm -hmm. you know fanto none mm -hmm. of that mm -hmm. i stick to just the straight weed mm -hmm. when i'm home a lot of times i'll smoke my bong uh -huh. for me i'm not a big drinker yeah um when i go home i'll go to the bars and i'll drink sometimes just because yeah. that's you know i'm seeing my friends but i'm Social. it's not it's yeah. yeah it's not really something that i'm drawn to very much yeah Smoking, I think, you know, is something I use kind of throughout my day. Uh -huh. um, you know, 50% of the use is medical. I have, you know, pretty severe anxiety. I wake up in the morning feeling pretty sick. Mm -hmm. um, and, you know, smoking helps with that a lot. But then, you know, tying into the other 50% is, I think it really, you know, one, yes, obviously helps me relax. But two, it really helps me with the creative process and not even necessarily giving me ideas, but helping me work through my ideas. And like oftentimes when I'm singing, I feel like I'm a better, and a lot of people are like, oh, well, you're just high, so you think it sounds better. But I'm like, oh. <laughs> I was almost gonna yeah. say that, but then I was like, yeah. nah. Yeah. <laughs> no, a lot of people say that, uh -huh. but like I, I actually think that I feel more comfortable while I'm singing when right. I'm high, so right. I can unlock a deeper part of my voice that isn't always as easily accessed when I haven't smoked. So when I smoke or like say I'll be going at a take and I've, I've done this take like six or seven times and I just haven't gotten it where I want it to be, I'll, I'll go take a bong rip <laughs> and I'll come back to it and within a take or two, mm -hmm. I'll have it exactly the way that I wanted it to be. Mm. And it's not a sense of like, oh, I'm high, like it sounds better. It's, it's literally I'm singing I'm singing more instead mm -hmm. of being, you know, a lot of times when I'm alone, that's why I do love coming to the Pure Mind Studios and working with other producers because I can get this feedback. But I've noticed a lot of times when I'm alone, I, I sing a bit soft, mm -hmm. um, which sometimes is great and it's perfect for my music. Mm -hmm. But for other songs, I want to be singing a little bit more loud, mm. like it's a, a, you know, a ballad or mm -hmm. something like that mm -hmm. where I really want to be letting, you know, the pipes flow. Mm -hmm. And... Mm -hmm. Sometimes I'm not accessing that part of my vocal range when I haven't smoked. Mm. And I don't think it's something that I can't do, mm -hmm. but I think smoking makes it a lot easier for me to be able to do. Mm. It makes me feel more comfortable. It makes me less anxious. It makes me feel like, you know, I can attack the mic any way I want. Um, and, you know... It just clears my head. It's like I, I would say we, I would say weed is just like a universal elixir for me. Uh -huh. I, you know, sativa, indica, mm -hmm. it doesn't really matter. I, I guess I like indica better because uh -huh. I think it works more. But uh -huh. um, you know, yeah, yeah. I, I don't, uh -huh. I don't discriminate. You know? <laughs> <laughs> Everybody's different. You know, everybody's physiology is different. They respond differently. Some people smoke weed and they want to just crawl into a box and hide. That's, you yeah, know? that's my sister. And, and, you know, obviously for you, it's something that really stimulates your creativity and brings out, you know, your own confidence, mm -hmm. which is great. You know, yeah. I say great, whatever works, man. Yeah. You know, as long as it's not, it doesn't um, impact your life or the people around yeah. you in a negative way. Yeah. You know? See, I'd, I'd rather that than, you know, be six beers deep by 10 a.m. every, oh, every yeah. day. Oh, yeah. I just, sure. there's no no doubt. I mean, <laughs> alcohol is a far worse affliction. Let's just put it this way. I don't think anybody's ever killed anybody smoking marijuana. No. Right? Well, they... <laughs> 
I mean, I don't. I, Someone might have committed a murder while smoking marijuana. Yeah, but, but it wasn't as yeah. because they. Smoked. Yeah, exactly, <laughs> exactly. Where I mean, you whereas you can directly attribute many deaths yes. and accidents. Oh my and, gosh, to to alcohol Ugh. abuse. So tragic. So many mm-hmm. tragic mm-hmm. events. Alcohol influence, and I'm, I don't want to sound like totally anti-alcohol. I have, mm-hmm. you know, my fair share of drinks, mm-hmm. but I usually like to, you know, keep it the maximum. You know, once a week, I'll have a couple of drinks, and usually, you know, especially when I'm in the city, when I'm here, all I'm doing is working on music. So yeah. I don't yeah, usually yeah. like to drink if I'm working on music. It makes me slur my words, right? All right. that. That's cool. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. Really, the only time. I'm drinking is, you know, holiday special occasions or when I go home to mm-hmm. visit my friends in upstate New York, mm-hmm. what do you think you do there? You yeah. know, you go to the bar. <laughs> that's it. That's, a, that's, <laughs> that's it. I mean, yeah. in the winter, they're skiing and in the summer, you can go to the lake. Both events include drinking. You yeah. know, that's, that's all there is to do in upstate New York. And that was, I think, part of the reason that it was such a good de- decision for me to get out of there mm-hmm. is, you know, on top of the lack of opportunities, mm-hmm. there's just a whole lot of negative you know stuff going on there and i love i love where i'm from i love you know i love everybody you know i have so many you know family and friends there that i really care about so many great aspects it's a beautiful area there's just not a lot to do yeah so you get caught up in you know you're my age we don't even have to talk about the weather yeah i mean let alone the weather right it's literally gray all there all the time even if it's not snowing it's gray yeah and even if it's not that cold this time of year it's gray um i hear you and that's just that's just how it is but again it's just like i feel bad you're my age and you're stuck in Cortland, unless you have a a really crazy good job or like you're living, you know, in Syracuse, maybe. All there is to do at my age in Cortland is to, you know, go to the bar and that's it. People just get stuck in the small town mindset. And it's well, sad. it's really clear, Sheridan, you are not stuck. Yeah. You're not stuck. I think you got a great career ahead of you. All of us at Pyramid are really excited for you and to see what's going to happen with this new album that you're dropping and the new singles and the mm-hmm. videos and, and all the big plans you have for yourself. So this has been a lot of fun. Thanks yeah. thanks for taking the time to sit with me here and be on the Mentor My Mix podcast. I think a lot of people are going to get some great tips from you here. Yeah. And uh, you know, thanks for sharing your story. Thanks for having me. It was yeah. really, really fun to be here. Yeah, cool. So we're going to end it with uh, th- this. I think for me, this is like one of your classics. Yeah. This is called Where's the Ref? Yeah. Right, so let's drop this beat. Just give everybody a a little feel for where this one came from, and we're just going to let this one play out, all right? All right. This one was produced by uh, my boy Process, Ryan Pierce. He's also from upstate New York. Really great, talented producer. We kind of tapped in in this one together. He actually even helped co-write some of the lyrics with me. It was really fun to make this song, for sure. Not a style I'm usually doing, but working with Process and then working with D Brown Sounds on the engineering for this was really fun. And then, you know, it was obviously my one and only single from the On Myself project. And, you know, to this day, it still has the most streams and it's approaching uh, 4,000 on Spotify right now. Nice, nice. And, you know, this is the one when I come home to Cortland and, like I said, we, we go to the bar. This is what they play at the bar. <laughs> <laughs> awesome, man. Ugh. She blowing me, so I give her confetti. She always rolling like her name is Kelly. She say I'm a beast when I get in her belly. Belly of the beast, boy, I always gotta eat. Process on the beat, won't see us in the street. Since getting that money, we don't never gotta leave. Yeah, I always stay home, I ain't get it, can't speak. Keep getting out. 
Remember, if you have a guest suggestion or want to contact me for any reason, we have a contact form on the Mentor My Mix website. That's MentorMyMix.com. Or feel free to email me at Greg at MentorMyMix.com. Special thanks to Quinn Grodzins for the theme music and audio editing, Josh Valdez and Sean McKenna for audio and video production, and Corey Schubert for video editing and post-production. Got a real and a grand model. They both tell me hit the damn throttle. Oh no, they wanna bring up my old hoe. I had a few on each coast, but I'm not one to boast because a few are no go. I'm so low, wanna get back on the road.